You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Your Best Life. Enjoy. We acknowledge your presence in our midst. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. And we know that's in the person of you, the Holy Spirit, that the, the resurrection power of Christ is in our midst. And we thank you, Lord, for, for showing up in our lives today. We thank you for showing up in every area of our lives, for uh, meeting every need represented in this place according to the glorious riches, Father, of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your abundant supply in our lives. In Jesus' name. I'm very excited. Next week we've got uh, Mary Frances Ferralo here. And if you weren't here last something, last time you missed something, so be here next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Uh, she's going to bring her prophetic gifting, and she's coming all the way from Nashville. And uh, you will be blessed by it. And uh, before she comes, we're going to actually start uh, a series that, that the Lord put on my heart towards the end of last year. And it's called Your Best Life. Your Best Life. Um, not your okay life. Not your better than before life. Not a pretty good life, but your best life. What is your best life? The life that you were created to live. Where every morning when you get up, you're, you're walking with Christ and you're doing the very things that he's called you and created you to do. It's your highest life. It's your unbeatable life. It's your ultimate life. It's the top tier. It's what you were made for. And to live your best life, you have to be willing to shake off the things that people have said about you. You have to be willing to shake off the standards of this world and what people think is acceptable or normal. You have to be willing to be nuts if you want to live your best life. You have to stop caring about what people think of you. Because if you're afraid or concerned of what others think of you, it will limit you from living your best life. Your best life. You can't determine what your best life should be based on what others have told you based on what others have said, even your family. People mean well, but they didn't create you. They didn't knit you together in your mother's womb. They didn't design it and drop the plans for you before you came into the earth. You can't determine what your best life is based on what you've been through, based on the experience of others. We don't ever want to base what we believe on what I've been through or you've been through or someone else has been through, but we want to base what we believe on the person of Christ. There's only one way to live your best life, and that's in a vibrant, intimate, real relationship with the one who made you. Knowing him intimately is the meaning of life. I remember growing up and looking, I looked at so many different philosophies and religions, and they were all searching for the meaning of life. 
Christ is the meaning of your life. In Christ, you will find your purpose, your meaning, your definition, your best life. It's time to start living your best life. It's time to start living your best life. 2020, the year of your best life. Your best you walking forward, moving forward in your best life. The past is not our reference. Christ is. Right? Christ is our frame of reference. Now, the fallen nature tries to determine what's best with the five senses. Remember, man has fallen. We all fell short of the glory of God, right? When Adam sinned, everyone after him sinned except for Jesus, who was born by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin, right? But we've all fallen. We fell from walking in the spirit to walking in the flesh, okay? What is the difference? Well, when you're walking in the spirit, your standards and your, your guidance comes from your spirit, not from your senses. This is a big deal. It's a big difference. In fact, it, it, it is a uh, radically different way of living. But, uh, but all of us, for the most part, grew up just listening to our senses. I didn't hear what you're hearing till I was probably 20 years old. I didn't know there was any other way to live. And we're taught by the world to pay attention to our senses, that our senses tell us what's real. Now, to a certain measure, you know, when it's, we have to use our senses to, to navigate in this realm, to a certain measure. But our senses are so um, anemic or so fall so far short of what our spirit can reveal to us. Your best life is walking in the spirit. It is. Your best life is when your spirit is leading you, even when your senses are telling you otherwise. How many times have our senses given us a, a, an incorrect um, assessment of a situation? It happens, right? I thought I saw someone I knew at the store the other day and went up to say hi. It wasn't them. Well, my eyes saw it from, the, you know, from a certain angle. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, you're not so-and-so, right? Yeah, our senses are limited. And you have to understand that the fallen nature relies on the senses and the reasoning that comes about by relying on the senses. And there is a huge emphasis placed on this uh, decades ago, centuries ago, centuries ago, in Western Europe, and where the age of reason and the age of man became, came into prominence, where man was exalted for his ability to reason. But it wasn't the kind of reason that's going to bring you into your best life. It was a natural, sensely, fleshly reasoning. 
There's a different way to reason, and it's through your spirit with the Word of God. Where the reason for your, your waking up in the morning is because what God has spoken to you. Because of what you've been made to do and, and what you've been designed to accomplish. Where your reasoning throughout the day is not necessarily how you feel, but what He said. This is a different way of living. It's your best life. See, if this physical realm was all there is to life, then we would need to really rely on our senses. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that this physical realm actually came from another realm that's in existence now. It's the realm of the spirit. There is a spirit realm, and it's not up in heaven somewhere. It's, it's functioning at the same time as this realm. That's why spirits can walk through walls. When Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to his disciples, he came right through the, the material uh, of that wall, that door. He walked right through it because he was in his glorified body. So there is a reality happening all around us that your senses can't detect. Wow. That's a big deal. <laughs> I shared with you, I don't know if it was last week, but how, these, uh, uh, how the video cameras on porches now are catching people stealing packages, right? They're catching thieves because people are able to see things they couldn't see before. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes in the spirit realm. And if you're not walking in the spirit, you're not going to be able to detect and see what he's up to. Your senses can't figure it out. Oftentimes, his whole, his whole plan is to appeal to your senses. His whole plan is to try and reason with your natural mind and talk you out of what God has already given you. Hallelujah. So God the Father brought Jesus into this world by the power of his spirit. That's supernatural. So in the womb of a virgin, there's only one way for a woman to become pregnant, right? Where sperm has to enter into the uh, reproductive system of a woman and has to unite with the egg. That didn't happen in Mary's life. She wasn't married yet. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in her womb with no man involved. That's the spirit realm. That's a power that most people don't know exists. That same power that conceived Christ in the womb of a virgin is in you now if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're born of him, if you're born again. You have the same life-producing resurrection power, the same spirit inside of you now that conceived Jesus in the womb of Mary. Amen. Changes everything. When you begin to realize this and meditate on it and move forward in it. Now, Jesus in one sense, had a very unique purpose, right? He, he came into the earth ultimately as the Messiah, right? To be the propitiation for our sins. But he had another purpose, and, and no one else could ever fulfill that. 
He was conceived by the Spirit in the womb of a virgin. No one else has ever had that happen, and no one else ever will. So he was unique in that sense, but he was our example in another sense where he demonstrated to us the values of our heart, what we are to value and focus on. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he valued knowing his Father above all else. That his whole focus from the time he was a boy was being about the things that were important to his father. He did that as our example. Your best life will unfold when knowing your father becomes the priority of your life. More than your spouse, more than your children, more than your parents. When knowing him becomes the reason you get up in the morning. This is for every human being. Christ is the template in this sense. He modeled for us the the direction of our heart. In fact, we're not going to go there right now. There are other scriptures we're going to get to. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, and again, his parents weren't born of the Holy Spirit, Joseph and Mary. They weren't conceived like that. Only Jesus was. So they lived a natural life. They were good people and they loved God, but they weren't born of the Holy Spirit. And no one could be born again until Jesus rose from the dead. It's important to understand that. So they didn't understand this young boy Jesus at 12 years old. He was in the temple so much. He just made a practice of being in the temple, listening to the teachers and asking questions. This is how he lived, 12 years old. Why? Because he, now there are a lot of other things he could have been doing. A lot of other priorities. There may have been times when, when he was told by, by elders to do a certain thing. Or why don't you stop going to the temple so much? Why don't you do this? Why don't you spend your time doing that? But he knew that his best life was to be about his father's business. So when his parents couldn't find him for three days, the last place they looked because they weren't walking in the spirit. The last place they looked was in church. And lo and behold, after three days of searching, there he was. It shouldn't have been a mystery to him. And, and Jesus' mom let him have it, right? She scolded him. And he said, why is it that you were looking for me? You've seen the way I've lived. You've seen what my priorities are. I must be about my father's business. This is your best life. Don't put Jesus on a shelf. Don't turn him into a statue. He set an example for us of how to live and how to govern our hearts and our affections. And the best life, your best life, begins when knowing the Father and being about what he's about becomes the priority of your heart. This, has, this is not because uh, I'm a pastor or a, or a minister. This is not because maybe you're called or, or whatever line of work you're in. This is for everybody every day. And this is for every age. It's for 5-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 82-year-olds and 119-year-olds. It's for all of us. It's for the human heart. This is your best life. 
So the meaning of life was not a mystery to Jesus. <laughs> he wasn't searching for it. He knew it. He knew it was found in his father. We know that same thing. We're not searching for the meaning of our lives. It's found in knowing our father. So good. Now, Jesus brought the light of this life, this best life, into a dark world. And it was shocking. Let's start there in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. The NIV translation says, The people, Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, says the people living in darkness. In other words, the people living in this world, right? This world is a dark place. Have seen a great light. In other words, a light that was not of this world. Okay? They're not talking about a spotlight or fireworks. They're talking about the, the people who were living in this world saw a light that was divine. Saw a light from another realm. Okay? On those living in the land of the shadow of death, that's planet Earth, a light has come forth, has dawned. Now, the message translation, I like how it says it. It says, people yeah, sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light. Sitting in the dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that everyone was sitting in a chair with, the, with their lanterns out. What's it talking here? People sitting out their best life. People who were not living their best life. Their God-ordained life. The divine life that God prepared for them saw a light from heaven come into the earth. In other words, if you were to look at these people naturally, they were going to work. Every day, they were buying and selling. They were doing all the normal things that other people do. But they were missing their best life. They were sitting out. They were absent from their God-given life, their best life. So you can be going to work every day, have a good job, lots of friends, doing all the things that normal people do, and be completely missing your best life. Isn't that amazing? But Christ came into the earth to bring this light of, of knowing the Father into our lives so we wouldn't miss out on our best life anymore. Hallelujah. You said that right. So this light from heaven, this huge light, this great light that changes everything and enables us to see what our life is truly all about, came into the earth about 2,000 years ago. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's why he wants you sitting in the dark. The moment the lights come on, a thief has to flee. So Satan doesn't, he wants you to be sitting out your life doing the things that everyone else does. He wants you to be afraid of what people think of you. He wants you to base your decisions on others' opinions of you. He wants you to base your decisions on what man says is possible so that you'll miss out on your best life. 
but forget about it. Look to the light from heaven. Look to Jesus. Look to your Father, the one who made you. He said, I came, I, this great light, this huge light from heaven, came that people who were sitting in darkness might have life. Yes. Yes. Might live their best life. That they might have it abundantly. And I'm telling you, the words of Jesus will challenge us to throw away old standards because he is so far beyond the standards of man. I've come to him and have life and life abundantly. The message translation says, I came so that they could have real and eternal life. So you could be going to work and shopping and doing all the things and, and on Insta and, and, and Snapchat and doing all the things that other people do, but you don't have real life. Wow, I came so that they can have real life, so they can live their best life, eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I mean, I can dream. But God has more for me than what I can dream. More and better life. It's time to live that life. It's time to get on that path that takes you there. And the path is setting the affections of your heart on knowing the Father. Being about the things that are important to Him. The Living Bible says it this way. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. That's why this great light from heaven came. That's why this huge light from And the, the world doesn't have this kind of light. Doesn't have it. It comes from the realm of the Spirit. Ephesians 3.20, look what, look what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul, the believers in Ephesus. He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all he could have just said who's able to do above all but that's not our father he wants to blow your mind he wants to lift you out of the standards of this world and bring you into a divine life a life from a huge life a great life unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I can think a lot. But God wants to do exceeding. Anytime you see in the scripture where it says God is able to do, he's revealing to you what he wants to do in your life today. He's saying, now unto him who wants to do in your life exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in us. So where is that power? Is it out there somewhere? If you've been born again, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, that power is in you now. And it's working. Say that. The power of God is working mightily in me. 
Say that every day. It's working mightily in me. The power of God is working mightily in me. The resurrection power of Christ is working mightily in me. The power of God is working mightily in me. God's word is working in me. It's working powerfully in me. Who am I talking to, myself? Yes. I'm telling myself what my life is like. You dictate to yourself the standards of your life. You do. No one else can do that for you unless you allow them to. Unless you give them that place in your life. Unless you take what they say as your gospel. I want you to know that good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the power your heart is longing for. It's the power to lift you up from your old life and to bring you into this great life, this exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think like. Your past is over. It's done. You may as well laugh about it because it's behind you. You're not going back there. You're going forward with no regrets. His grace removes every regret. His mercy wipes out every regret. His loving kindness is brand new every single time your eyes open. Hallelujah! Jesus! Hallelujah! Jesus! So there is one, one big difference between Jesus and me growing up. <laughs> Just, one. Just one, yeah. And it's the difference between living an okay life, a good life, pretty good life, or living your best life. Jesus knew who his father was, and he knew where he came from. And I know that it's, it's grown, and I grew up, and I had one of my relatives was so into the family tree, tracing our family ancestry. That's interesting to a point, but it's a dead end. Because that's, that's not who your father is. Listen, Jesus had, had a, cultivated a reality inside of himself that the maker of heaven and earth was his father. It tells us in Luke 2 that he grew in this by, by coming to church, listening to the teachers, asking questions, studying the, the, the scriptures. He grew in the knowledge, the wisdom of who he was. Isn't that awesome? If you want to live your best life, you've got you've to go beyond your biological family tree. It really is just, a, I don't know, it's like a trivia. It's interesting, but it's not going to change your life. It's not. Okay, so I'm from Italy. That's interesting, but woohoo. I need heaven. Italy can't save me, right? Europe can't save me. The, the East can't save me. The Middle East can't save me. South America, North America, Australia, there's no continent, there's no nation that can save me. It's interesting, and God loves the nations, and we do too, but that's not our heritage. We're a chosen race. A holy nation, a people born from heaven, of God's very own sperm. Hope I didn't shock you. But that's what the scripture says. We're born of his incorruptible seed. What would happen if your identity was him? Everything would change. I've been born of God's seed. Amen. 
reborn, really, right? All of us have been reborn. That's what Jesus said when he said, you must be born again. In other words, when I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I believe he rose from the dead for me. He preceded me as the firstborn from among the dead, right? That's what he was. He's my elder brother. He rose from me. And I say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. The power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead raises me from the dead, makes my spirit brand new now. So I've been born a second time. Right? Hallelujah. You are a national treasure in heaven. You are. You are you are a treasure in heaven. You want to know why? Because only one of you was ever made. Heaven talks about you in a good way. Really does. You see Katie, she's in the earth. She's yeah. in the earth now. You know, the, the only Katie God ever made. That's right. That's right. God brought her into the earth for such a time as this. That's right. Wow. Go, Katie. Go, Katie. Yes. Go, Katie. Go. Go, Katie. I just picked that name, and that's the same for all of us. You are a God idea. Hey. <laughs> Come on, I couldn't have timed that one any better. Let's try it again. You are a God idea. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Sound effects, I love it. I mean, how many inventions did Thomas Edison invent? Anyone know? He's the one the teachers told, told his mom just he's a, he's a dummy. Right. 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 She took him out of school and homeschooled him right. so he could really get an education, right? <laughs> yeah, man's standards will limit you. But his mom saw something in him that man couldn't see. I don't know how many inventions he had, but it was a ton of them. Right? He, what was inside of him changed our world. All these things, right? Light bulbs, all kinds of stuff, and record players, and amazing. Well, you know what? Let me show you a little invention up here. This uh, guitar. See, you're a God idea. And I'll tell you a little bit about this guitar. Um, this is made by the company Gibson, and this was made in 1958. Now, what's special about this thing? Well, a lot of things. Someone had an idea. See, it's, there, there was a time when there was no electricity in music. In fact, there are, there are still some who, if you told them your pastor plays an electric guitar, they would say you have demons in your church. But I do, I play electric guitar, but it's actually a, a heavenly instrument. But what happened, what's so unique about this guitar is there came a transition in music when a guitars that were hollow inside, they had no electronics inside of them, began to have a need to be amplified and have uh, electrical circuits inside of them. 
And so, yeah, they, they can amplify the sound and, and, and reach more people. And so along the line, a lot of people tried different things, but Gibson had a great idea. He said, what if we made a body that was thinner than the previous acoustic guitars? And we put a block of wood all the way down the center to a, enable a, a longer sustain and resonance. But on the sides, it was hollow. Call it a semi-hollow or an electric Spanish guitar. So this is a Gibson ES-355. And this model was revolutionary. Now, this is not the only one. Many of these were made. But this is a very valuable highly sought after instrument because of the idea and the design of it. Okay? okay? It, was a, it, was a, it was a God idea. Do you know when people have good ideas, they may not give God the glory, but it's still a God idea. Yeah. So this model, because of its design, absolutely transformed modern music and enabled musicians and artists to do things with music they could never do before. Pretty cool. And I happen to <laughs> God is good, isn't he good? And I've never played anything like it. It's amazing. In particular, that, that, that model is the first year they were ever made. And to this day, it is the standard. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the pickups. Let me tell you about the pickups. God idea. You got to know this. There's a lot of things special about this. We don't have time to go into them. But these things, these little rectangles, they call them pickups. What they do is they receive the vibration of the string, they pick it up and they turn that acoustic vibration into electronic signal. Well, these pickups are really special. They call them, in the world of guitar, they're known as the holy grail of pickups. They call them PAF, pre-patent, uh, patent applied for. This is before Gibson had their patent. Now, I went to a luthier in Boston and he told me about these pickups. And he said, one of the reasons they're so special is inside of these pickups, there are all these coils. Today, they're wound by machine. But back in this day, they were done individually by hand. And it gives them this little glistening magic sound that guitarists will pay big money for. So that's another God idea. But it was done by hand. Do you know God knits you together by hand in your mother's womb? You're, you're, you're a, a crafted by God. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. You're a God idea infinitely more valuable than any instrument. Infinitely more valuable than anything in this world. There's only one of you. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Hallelujah. That's why you can, you can smile when you think of yourself instead of being discouraged. You're the only you, Gibson, I mean God, ever made. Jeremiah 1.5. Look at the foresight of God. You thought your life began when you were born. Nope. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Woo-wee. How many know Jesse DePlantis? Yeah, check him out. 
excellent uh, uh, minister of the gospel, funny man. But he had an experience where the Spirit took him to heaven years ago. He's had a number of different experiences, and uh, he was transported from one state to another in one, one experience and while he was driving his car. And, but anyway, he wrote a book about it. I forget what it's called, Close Encounters of the, I don't remember, but it's, it's a funny book by Jesse Duplantis, it's a, but it's very insightful. And he talks about his experience in heaven. And he said, as I beheld, there was uh, there the throne of God. He said, there were spirits flying around the throne saying, send me God's. And he realized they were people that hadn't been born yet. And they were imploring God to send them into the earth. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You existed before your birthday. This is mind-blowing, isn't it? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. That means you, I set you apart for a special mission. Hallelujah. I purposed you for something divine. <laughs> the New Century Version says, before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a special work. That's your best life right there. Amen. Living Amen. that special work every day. I grew up in a family where the adults were frustrated with their work. They just chose a field that they thought they could have a stable career in and make money in. And, and they, they actually brought home a decent amount of money, pretty good amount of money. But man, they were frustrated. They weren't happy. There was strife and fighting because they weren't living, fulfilling the purpose that God chose for them before they came into the earth. They end up listening to man and the guidance counselors at their schools they went to that told them, okay, you took this test, you should go into that field. Okay, thank you, that's what I'll do. They didn't know there's a greater reality that they were made by God before they came into this earth and they had a special work set aside that only they could fulfill. And you know what's amazing about this? If you don't know this, all of us have something inside of us that's just eating at us in a sense. It's just like, come on, come on, come on. It's a, it's a deep down thing and that's what it is. It's a calling to your special work. And you can try and, you know, you can do different things and, and you can do them for decades. But if you'll get close to God, this, this calling will start itching you. And you'll have to respond to it, even if it means a total change of career. At a point in life where people say you shouldn't be changing your career. You shouldn't be moving. You shouldn't be doing that. But if you'll listen to this special work inside... It will, it will inspire you to do things that others say you can't do. See, I was wrestling with this growing up. I didn't hear what you're hearing today. And I didn't know what to do. Because I had something inside of me that no one gave me a plan for. No one told me. I didn't know uh, that, that I was called to proclaim the gospel. And boy, boy I look back and boy, it, was just, it was a frustration inside of me. It was just... And I thought, well, I don't want to be a stand-up comic. 
I, I know I want to speak before people. I don't want to be a politician. What's going on here? What is this inside of me? No one had answers for me. Right? God has answers for you. Amen. For the itching inside. For the stirring in your soul. God is the answer. He has the answers for everything that's stirring in your spirit. Oh, Jesus. Come on. God has the answer for everything that's stirring in your spirit. Man does not. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you the special work that you were created and set aside for. And it's time. It's time. Now it could go a number of ways. You could be, you could be on that path now. And, and people look at you and say, you know, why aren't you doing something else? Why don't you just keep going to church and doing your thing? And, I mean, aren't you going to do something? Why? Because they don't, they don't see what you see. See, when this came alive at me at age 19 and 20, I, I got it. And I couldn't get to church enough. And I went to a church that preaches like, well, we're preaching here. And man, things just came alive inside and, and I could, I, every time the door, I just couldn't get there. And there, when, my, when my biological family heard what I was doing, that I was born again, I mean, they, they actually didn't want anything to do with me anymore. They said, what happened to you? Are you in a cult? You've lost your mind? You're going to what? Every, twice, three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? What, what's, what have they told you? What are they doing to you? I couldn't get enough. I still can't. Because I know when I come into God's house of worship, the Holy Spirit's going to unveil things to me. Yes, He unveils things to me in my private life. And you have to have that private intimacy with Him. But He also has called us to be a part of the corporate body and have a corporate unveiling and worship experience. That's why we started this place, okay? Now let's look some more at this God idea of you. Your hand made by God. Wow. Psalm 139, we'll start in verse 1. Says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. That's a good feeling. Don't let that, there's no fear in that statement. He loves you. When someone loves you perfectly, you can be an open door with them. Right? But only he, really, can love us that perfectly. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. This is supernatural. You discern my going out and my lying down. Man cannot discern these things. That's why anytime someone gives you device, advice, you kind of process it through the person of Christ. You might have to toss the whole thing out or just take a little bit of it. But God discerns you going out my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So you can be someone who's just kind of, you know, you're on the path, you're, you're, you're coming, you've you got your corporate worship happening, you're plugged in, you're worshiping God, you're tithing in your house of worship, and your God's speaking to you. Or you could be on the other, you could be someone who is doing all the things the world says you should do, but you're unhappy. 
You know, you're not plugged in to a body, you're, but you got a good job. The world thinks it's a really good job or a great job, but you're, there's just something you're missing out on. It's, it's your best life. It's realizing that you're handcrafted, that you've been set aside for a special work. The Passion Translation, starting in verse 1, says this. Wait, do we read verse 4? Yes. Okay, let's read the Passion 1 through 4. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. God knows, you know, you don't know everything there is to know about you. And you never will. You're too deep, man. You are. You're made by God. There are levels of you you don't know about yet. I turned 50 in 2019, and I'm just starting to discover things I didn't know were in me. And levels of things. And what? Wow. Okay, God. You go. You've examined my innermost being with your loving gaze. Not a fault-finding gaze. He's not a fault finder. He doesn't think that way. With your loving gaze, you perceive every moment of my heart and soul. Excuse me, every movement. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul and understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. Which means thoughts can come from a different realm. Right? Amen. And, and most of the time they do. Sometimes it's the pepperoni pizza you ate. <laughs> but sometimes it's from the spirit realm. May not be a good spirit. Could be a dark spirit. Right? You want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. He has nothing bad to say about you. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. Let's go to verse 6 in the NIV. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's beyond my natural reason. It is. It's beyond natural reason, no matter what your IQ might be. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Let's go to verse 13. Listen to this. This is a revelation. For you created my inmost being. This is the revelation needed to live your best life. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So listen to me. If you don't know who your biological parents are, that's all right. God is your father. Amen. Don't let that eat away at you. Amen. God is your father. Maybe your biological parents aren't in your life. And, and you know, and I in the last... 30 plus years for the most part the generations that we're seeing are fatherless generations don't let that bother you anymore let God be your father you knit me together in my mother's womb I know who my father is 
I know where I come from now. I'm no longer searching for my identity and my worth and my value. I know who my father is now. My father is God. This is truth. This is reality. This is not something to make us feel better. It's truth. Or maybe you know who your biological parents is and maybe they didn't treat you right or they beat you or they were, out, they were on drugs. or out. Listen, that's not who you are. You know where you come from now. Before they ever were born, God made you. Your parents were simply a vehicle to get you in the earth at the right time. We pray for our parents. We bless them. We, we honor them. But we realize there's a greater reality. This is to be our identity now. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You're my craftsman. You're my creator. In your genius, you designed me. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully, that means awesomely, wonderfully made. Your works are full of wonder, wonderful. Here's the kicker. I know that now. I know that full well. So I'll never look down on myself again. I'll never be down on myself again. I know that I'm awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. I think it was Thomas Edison that invented Legos. Is that right? Do you know that tune from the Lego movie? Everything is awesome. No, that's not. I'm fearfully, so when you think of yourself, you can say that. Yes, I'm really awesome. Yes, I'm really awesome. I'm made by Jesus from heaven. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I'm wonderful. And I know it now because God is my Father. Ah, let's just say that. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Because God is my Father. Because God is my Father. Let's sing it. Yes, I'm really awesome. Yes, I'm really awesome. Yes, I'm really awesome. Yes, I'm really awesome. Verse 15. You ever seen the Lego movie? How many people have seen the Lego movie? My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed, my spiritual body. Wow. Now, I like this verse. This changed my life back in 1989 when I first started reading the scriptures. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. In other words, God wrote down every detail of this special work that He consecrated you for. This does not mean that everything that has happened to you is a part of God's plan. That is an error in theology. 
There is a theology that says everything that happens in this world is part of God's will. Jesus never taught that. Okay? All of us have experienced things that were not God's will for our lives. All of us have. All right? Sickness, tragedy, disease, abuse, alcoholism, whatever you name, anything that's dark and evil was not God's will for our lives. Jesus came so that we could live God's will for our lives on earth as it is in heaven. But you have to know that God's will doesn't include that junk. And you have to take authority over that junk in Jesus' name and say, no, God's will is done in my life just as it is in heaven. So don't allow wrong theology to rob the power of this verse from you. He's talking about this special work that he prepared for you, all right? And nothing you've been through can erase the special work that he has for you because he wrote it down before Adam fell. He wrote it down before sin contaminated the human race. He wrote it down before Satan became the God of this world. So his special work for you is still intact, waiting for you to step into it. Hallelujah. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is the revelation you need to begin living your best life. It is. This is how your best life begins. You've got to know and be convinced that you were designed by God himself. Last verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. In the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. He made you by his hands. Wow. Come on, handmade stuff just blows yes. manufactured stuff away. Are you kidding me? Yes. There's just no comparison. Why? Because the master put his hands to work directly on the substance he's working with. And all the gifts and talents inside of him came through his fingertips. The gifts and talents of God came through his fingertips and he put them in you. You're his son and daughter now through Christ. His abilities in you. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, when you begin to identify God as your father, you begin to realize that his abilities in you and that you can do all things through him. That nothing is impossible to you now because you're in Christ. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This is who we are. We are God's own handiwork. PAF people. Patent applied for. <laughs> His workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus. So God had a special work from you. We fell from that. Sin came into the earth. We missed that. He sent his son Jesus 
so that we could be reborn, made new, and step back into that special work. See, God not only saved you because he loved you, but he saved you unto this special work he has for you. Your salvation is about more than just a love for you and healing and wholeness and prosperity. It's about a special work that he's made you to do in this earth now in your lifetime. And don't say it's too late. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't because it's supernatural what he can do with the moment you give him now. We're born anew. Why? That we may do that special work. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand, before you were in your mother's womb, for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them, living the good life. There's no trepidation about stepping into his plan. It's the good life you've been longing for. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. We are stepping into our best life right now. And we're doing that by becoming convinced by acknowledging we're made by you. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're awesome because we're made by you. We're the only uh, one you've ever created. Each one of us is unique, handcrafted by you. And Lord, you have a special purpose, a special work for each one of us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for unveiling that to us very clearly today and all throughout this week and all throughout 2020. We thank you, Lord, for, for directing our feet onto the path that you've prepared for us, that from this moment forth, we would be living the good life that you made ready for us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.